Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast, can at times contain adult language and themes. It is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Digital Dissection podcast, where we take a closer and possibly unnecessary look at our favorite properties, creators, and topics. We are your humble hosts, Joe and Mark. Two pop culture nerds dedicated to telling entertainment history before it's forgotten too soon. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog for more information on the show. We also love to hear from you, so why not write us at digitaldissectionpodcast at gmail.com. And now that we've got that out of the way, let's get to dissecting. Year mark is 1994. A lot happened in 94, I'm sure, but I was eight years old and don't recall a whole lot. For a moment, I was like, "The, the wait, the year is 1994." Damn! Oh. Like I, I, did I? Someone just hit reset. Did I? Did I go back in time? You know, I like was it all... we just experienced what's called a quantum leap. Yeah, was was it all the dream? You know, <laughs> which well, that was even, I think that was done by 1994, wasn't it? I don't think I think Quantum Leap was over by then. I want to say it was still around because, okay. um, well, it was probably in syndication already. And since yeah. I was a kid, I was mm-hmm. you know thinking it was still around. But that's true. Yeah. But things we do remember from 1994. Um, <laughs> with me, I like I honestly like outside of like my like you know little Joe world. Um, like big things that I like remember like still tacked on because like I remember like they're big enough for my teachers to actually wheel out the TV cart. Yeah. Let's watch it. <laughs> um for which that should that should date you as it is already because those wheelie carts aren't there anymore. Now we just <laughs> all right kids out of your Chromebooks. We're gonna see what happened today. Um uh this was the year that Nancy Kerrigan got attacked, if you remember oh, that. Wow. Why? Why? Yeah. Um, just all sorts of scandal uh, with Tanya Harding and her her husband or boyfriend with a baseball bat. Yeah, all wow. all sorts of weird. I mean, mm-hmm. on a lighter note, this was the year that uh, an almost complete fossil of a pygmy mammoth skeleton was Ooh. discovered on Santa Rosa Island off the coast of California. Okay, I was thinking of something different because, like, I remember there was a there's a sad morning cartoon show about like a mammoth that was found frozen, and then they 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 reanimate it back to life, and it got a cartoon show for a while. But I just thought of that with the pygmy pygmy elephant. Maybe you were thinking uh, of Denver, the last dinosaur, which I believe was Canada's oh, best. Denver, yeah. the last dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, Canada's best at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well yeah. Also, Wisconsin Technological Gem, uh, Netscape Netscape Navigator, comes out oh. in 1994. Yeah, I do yeah. remember good old Netscape with the mm-hmm. little logo with the the sun, or well, it was like a, a setting sun that would like it was a shooting star. It would go over the end. Yeah, remember that? It would load. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it uh it handed Internet Explorer its butt until late, like probably like 1998, 99. So it had a good four or five year run there. Uh, yeah. but it lives on. Because its open source coding was used to create Firefox, the Firefox browser. Oh, yes. So it is still with us today, gone but not forgotten. <laughs> Netscape Navigator. Well, and, speaking, yeah. Oh, is that to keep keep the hits rolling? This is also the year of OJ's famous fleeing in his white Bronco. 
<laughs> so it's all there. Like that's I mean, I especially remember watching that trial on on pull out push out TV uh like a year later too. Oh yeah. So it's like, oh God. Nineteen eighty four, big year for, for bad things. <laughs> well, it was also a big year for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, which is why we're here today. And that's why we opened with talking about 1994. Not just a reminder as to why we are old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, this is our second retro review of this very, uh, very new season two of this program, which uh, <laughs> I feel like is off to a quick start. We're very happy to be here and it's, it's good to be back again. And mm -hmm. yeah, dude, that, that landscape of 1994 was interesting to me to kind of start off with because like you mentioned, you were eight years old. So was I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, all I really remembered uh, at this point in time was that we would go into Sears and suddenly like Super Mario World was no longer in the demo like case to play yeah. Super Nintendo. <laughs> <Set> times. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. It was replaced by Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how I marked it, basically. And and honestly, like, what is like, what a... What did I get a visual wonder at that time, though, right? Because, like, Super Mario World uh, and, like, other, like, even, like, the Zelda games of the time, Legend of Zelda, like, they're still 2D games. Um, very, very limited in what you can see for graphics, but still a very obvious improvement over the, over the NES. Uh, but then this comes out with these, for Nintendo, pretty darn beautiful 3D graphics that just hadn't been seen on the system before. Yeah, yeah, and I think what's important, Joe, to point out was the landscape of the Super Nintendo at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Now, the Super Nintendo had already been out for you know several years. Uh, it, it was kind of on its heels in a way because it came yeah. out in 90, 91, I believe. Mm -hmm. So it comes out in nineteen ninety one. It it pretty much you know blows everything else out of the water at that point. Um, but it does have some competition that's slowly you know creeping in. Um, so we've reached this point in the Super Nintendo's history that we're, we're thinking we've got limitations. Mm -hmm. Where else can we possibly go with this system? You know, because, you know, the N64 would come out a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. And so you're stuck trying to figure out how can I, you know, how can I reinvent this thing to <laughs> to have next gen graphics? Mm -hmm. You know, so. So, yeah. And, and this is where I found it interesting how we kind of reach into the barrel of what we've got for IPs within Nintendo. And we go back to Donkey Kong, who is a character that, frankly, at that point, hadn't been used in a while. No. Because what well, the latest thing he was in was like, what, Donkey Kong 3? Which, if you're not aware of, yes, there was a Donkey Kong 3 video game out there. I was unaware of this until very recently because I'd never... I don't think I owned past Donkey Kong. Um so I think didn't that come in like a two pack with um, Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior? Like they're on the same cartridge. It might, that sounds familiar to me. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. I know we ha we at least had access to Donkey Kong Junior when I was a mm -hmm. kid, uh, which I'm sure if my brother Nate is listening in, uh, he's probably pointing you know at the screen going, you know, Mark is about to be wrong no matter what he says here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but yes, we had Donkey Kong Junior. Mm -hmm. And and I, I what I found interesting about Donkey Kong was that this guy was just a bastard. He's yeah. he's, he's kidnapping Mario's girlfriend, who at mm -hmm. the time was named Pauline. All right. Did not know that. 
did not know yeah. she was a Pauline. But then again, yeah. also at the time, he was even Mario. He was Jumpman, wasn't he? It's true. He was Jumpman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, spiritually. Spiritually Mario. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. He, he, <laughs> he moved like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> the moves like Mario. He moved like a young man. Yeah. Uh, so it was a little bit different of a, of a game. You know, you're getting barrels thrown at you. You're jumping over them. And then eventually yeah. you knock that the poor bastard off that platform, don't you? Yeah. And somehow fireballs just jump out of a barrel of oil and come after you. <laughs> like they know what the hell they're doing. I'm not an oil worker. Possible that it could happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just say right now that the possibility is not 0% because we just don't no. know. We're not even, even grizzled old firefighters and fire chiefs will say that they've seen every form of combustion known to man. And that <laughs> yeah. beats the hell out of them. The walls, the fifty-third precinct, bleeding. <laughs> I'll explain episode that. Until we sneak the Ghostbusters in. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we've never done that before. No, have we? <laughs> haven't done any any episodes on the Ghostbusters. Oh, but yes. yeah, and then really, yeah, like, kind of brute. Like if you look at even his name, because I mean, look, look at like any like a lot of like big Japanese names. Really, they're like two things um, put together. Like literally, like you look at like uh, Godzilla's original name, Gojira is uh, a combination of gorilla and whale put together uh yeah. to make the to make the monster and here we have donkey which is basically meant to mean something stupid and kong for ape yes so he is a stupid ape with a <laughs> with a penchant for kidnapping i was gonna say he's he's dumb enough to to generate <laughs> enough barrels to mm -hmm. fight a small war and he manages to get away with kidnapping i don't think he's that yeah. dumb I don't know, but yeah. maybe maybe he's like the same guy who stole my friend's mother's geoprism not once, not twice, but thrice. <laughs> he's that kind of stupid. Literally, oh. the point where it's like, oh, the princess is gone. We know where to go. Yeah, Pauline's missing. Gonna... We're not even, not even going to talk to two people. We know the one guy to see. I was going to say, who's stupid at that point? You let it happen three times. Yeah. Okay. It's it's, mm -hmm. it's not on the it's not on Donkey Kong anymore. <laughs> and maybe um, at that point, you yeah. think Pauline just like, okay, let's just fucking get this over with. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. She's not even being taken. She's like, oh my god, the apes here again. Let's just uh, do this. It's like I had plans. <laughs> Fine. You know what? What I, what I love about this though, Donkey Kong is is once again the brainchild of Shigeru Miyamoto who is just the legend of creating almost every damn thing in the, in the early Nintendo universe. You know, he's, he's the mind behind Zelda, obviously Mario. And now we got stupid ape, which it was according <laughs> to Miyamoto that, that donkey meant stupid. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, yep. that's like a hundred percent verified. That's just what he thought <laughs> donkey meant. So no, that's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. City hall. Yeah. <laughs> Did it twice for the Ghostbusters fans out there, but yes, Yes, that's the landscape of 1994, though, man. Mm -hmm. Like, we've got the Super Nintendo that's been very successful. I mean, yeah. it's it's been kicking ass taking names or kicking names and taking ass if you've, you know, watched uh, Guardians 2. Mm -hmm. But it, it's 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 in that place where it's like, has it done everything it's going to do, right? Yeah, it kind of, it's starting to the point where it feels like it's it's time to move on. But unfortunately, that's not being done due to like a lack of like games like, oh, no, we're clearly running out of ideas. It's happening because we've got two little ditties by the name of Sega Genesis and Sony PlayStation that came out. And yes. now they've got serious competition because you've got bangers on both of those systems. And the PlayStation had some sweet, legitimate, boxy, triangular 3D graphics. 
that people I, really started to crave like oh my god it's so real it wasn't very real <laughs> it was so real we need more of it and nintendo's like well we've got flat dudes who ride green dinosaurs and wear capes you like that right oh you do but you still need something cool looking we got something for that guys yeah. what we got dude sega do what nintendo don't and you know like you said playstation you got triangular boobs so yeah dude i mean you, you've got the genesis that's managing to show that cartridges can generate games that have depth mm -hmm. and that can be visually stunning and not have to look like a traditional japanese inspired nintendo game yeah. you know like like they can be they can be dynamic you mm -hmm. know and so I think that's where a lot of this pressure came from because we owned a Genesis at the time. We didn't actually own an SNES. My parents were like, no, you get you get one system and you play with it until it's broken. <laughs> and you like it. Yeah. It's all you and get. That went. It's how it yeah. went. But mm -hmm. but so that's that's one side of this this scenario though. You've got Genesis doing that, and then you've got the PlayStation, which is literally putting things on CDs. Mm -hmm. So I mean the CD is a relatively hot technology you know? it is because we assumed that laser disc was the next big thing like it was according to a spanish teacher senora faf the next best thing <laughs> as it was this massive vinyl sized cd <laughs> like there's no way that's catching on <laughs> yeah when it's when it's bigger than a toilet seat can't quite envision mm -mm. using that but nope. uh, Mm -mm. But but yeah, just just like we mentioned though, this is what Super Nintendo is up against, right? It's it's technology that's starting to kind of pull away a little bit, mm -hmm. and and so Joe, just like how we would later be tricked by words like extreme and exclamation points with you know red explosion logos mm -hmm. next to them, this would be the age where we start to get words like 3D and rendering brought into the conversation on the super nintendo and all that makes it very clear as to why i'm still drinking mountain dew well into my 30s <laughs> yes they just worked the advertising worked what can i say I, that's 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 longevity that's what the marketing campaign and the people that made them love to hear so <laughs> also not a sponsor not a sponsor but, mountain dew is not a sponsor however if yeah. they would like to send me some i will drink it yeah yeah but this this is that that fateful time in the history of the Super Nintendo, when Tim and Chris Stamper, a couple of gentlemen over in the UK, would come on over with a company called Rare. Yeah. And for, for anyone who has played some of the most colorful and inspired games of the mid-90s, even, even into the late, late 90s, early 2000s, mm -hmm. you've probably seen that rotating 3D Rare logo, right? Yep. It's just the business end of the R. They leave the <laughs> stick out, and it's just the fun, curvy stuff. That's oh, yeah. Rare. Oh yeah, totally. You could I know I say this a lot, but you could practically hump that logo. I mean, it is a <laughs> it is a beautiful logo. And, and all out. of its 3D glory, just spin it away in every game. Because yeah, I mean they were they're making some pretty solid stuff even onto the Super Nintendo, not the Super Nintendo, even onto the 64. Uh, yeah. I remember. Like not even just like you know the, the like the Kong titles, because like they were they behind Perfect Dark? Were they in on that? Yeah, yeah, they're behind Perfect yeah. Dark. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. Yeah. You bet your two winners ass. right there yeah. i mean you didn't think for those few these days who are spoiled with having two sticks for a first person shooter we used to do that with one stick and a d-pad damn right Suck and it. that and don't forget about the z button on the, oh, the z button 
Like it was a real trigger. Like, look at that. It's right there for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you just got to laugh whenever you see those memes where like uh, it says like teenagers try to play a super or uh, an N64 and they hold the N64 controller in a, in a method that's just not how it was intended to be used. <laughs> and so, oh, my God. Yeah, we, yep. we, have the, we have the benefit of living with that technology. But mm-hmm. speaking of technology, the power of Rare, Nintendo at this point in time, as we mentioned, they basically got haymakered by the Genesis and the Aladdin adaptation from the animated film with the oh, same name. Yes. Fun game. Yes. I had not nearly the struggles I did with Lion King uh, with another <laughs> Disney-based title. Mother God. That stampede level oh. broke me. I'm like, yep, sorry. Story ends here. I die. The stampede. Mufasa lives. Scar loses. So really, everything's fine. I, mean, I win. It, it, it's like they didn't make the stampede you know, traumatizing enough in the movie. They had to do it in the video game as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, traumatizing and just like infuriating. Like, how do you get past them? Well, oh. and at that point, Joe, what you did in the Lion King game is you hit the pause button, which as we know, would say P-A-W-S when you would pause mm-hmm. the game, pause. which was just, just adorable, like pause, <laughs> can't pause. But yes, that is what we were looking at here with Donkey Kong Country kind of having a, a chance to bloom. Was these these Tim and Chris Stamper from Rare basically get uh, uh, like a, a minority stake in their company purchased mm-hmm. by Nintendo? Ooh. So Nintendo realizes these guys are kind of working on like you know newer rendering technologies, and really what that means is you know taking basically taking files and just compressing them so that they take up less space, but you don't lose integrity in the image. That's really all that means. So what we're looking at, though, is what's called the Silicon Graphics Workstation, which is what Rare was using at the time to create the 3D imagery, the models that we would see in Donkey Kong. So they drop a bunch of money. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they buy these new workstations that, frankly, no one at Nintendo had. And, yeah, they took a risk and started building in them. So that compression, though, is really what they found out in this process. So we can make these amazing, I say amazing, but you look back at them now and I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're smoothed out like Cher's face, but hey, whatever. <laughs> right? It looked good for 94, mm-hmm. looked hot for 94. So Very hot for 94. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. Rare starts working on these Silicon Graphics workstations. They're making some bitching, you know, just awesome looking things that go on to a potential video game. And, and once again, that's when they start to figure out, holy shit, we can compress these models and it'll, it'll save us a bunch of space on this cartridge and we can still have the same integrity of what the initial image was. Mm-hmm. So that's why this game looks so crazy different in 94 compared to anything else that was really going on on the Super Nintendo at that point in time. Because think about it, Joe. How many other Super Nintendo games did you play that even looked anything close to this? Zero, honestly. Like, I remember, well, one, um, we ha- I had a Genesis, and I shared that, played that like with my brother quite a bit. But mm-hmm. for some reason, my parents purchased a Super Nintendo for my sister, who didn't even play video games all that much. But they yeah. just thought that maybe she would like it. So... I rarely played anything on the Super Nintendo because it was always in my sister's room and I wasn't allowed in there unless she actually <laughs> wanted me to play video games with her. 
So one of the few things that we did play together in Bond Over was Donkey Kong Country. Um, <laughs> but before that, like it was basically like, all right, I get to sneak into my sister's room when she's not home. And I, I've borrowed like what, like Spawn. Um, it was a WWF game uh, way back when, um, yeah. which was just fun to hear someone say total debacle like over and over again. <laughs> I remember like that being a joy. Good old uh, JR. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, I think I played like I've already turned the Jedi, um, and uh, Super Mario All Stars. None of those games look anything like this. Like, you got like maybe what Toy Story and um, what am I thinking? Uh, Super Mario RPG, and those came well after this. Yeah, I mean, and, and Super Mario RPG, I think, uh, benefited from the fact that it it it, it was still like a it was still backed by Square, who mm-hmm. at the time was you know making pretty much every meaningful rpg you could think of um yep. but you're right though this was in 96 when that came out so even though it's only two years later that's that's a significant amount of time playing with technology mm-hmm. and and making sure that they could make it work so yeah yeah totally agreed there um one one quick thing i want to say to you though is that not being able to go into your sister's room reminds me of like frank costanza and you're like <laughs> She doesn't want me go in there, so I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was the Del Boca Vista of the Venable household. <laughs> is where it wasn't meant to be, but I went in there so I could play Super <laughs> Nintendo. But oh, at man. this point in time, then, so you've got this this great new way of of making video games. You're basically making a zip file and zip technology sexy, and waking yeah. it so the kids will like it by oh, yeah. compressing the graphics down. So now it's time to actually. Think of how we're going to make this game. So, like you said, we've got this this stupid ape is our character. Well, if it's going to be the main character of the game, and we're not going to have Mario jumping around to defeat him anymore, we want the game to actually center around him. We can't market like we have before. So they went ahead and did what every superhero like movie universe wants to do now, and they're like, we need a goddamn reboot. And yeah. so we get a completely different Donkey Kong canon where we don't have the angry, stupid ape stealing the princess anymore. As a matter of fact, those guys are friends. He gets invited to his parties and to his go-kart like make events and they hang out on the weekends now. So they're great. But now you've got a son in Diddy. You've got his dad who's cranky and funky who has a very crappy jet, which he admits it's not that great. It can only fly back to our places you've already been kind of dumb but at least it's there for you i mean some would call it a plot device i still call it a convenience mm-hmm. you know either way now one thing i did want to do before we potentially have fact checkers come after us if you read the official handbook that came with the game mm-hmm. you know back when manuals actually had things in them or i should say even there well yeah. nowadays you don't get that you just get a coupon for a you know a dlc or a, yeah. a, f- a free gun that's frankly mm-hmm. already outdated by the time you download it yeah um actually in the official handbook for the game diddy was actually just a friend of donkey kong oh yeah like diddy was just someone who donkey kong took under his wing and was training him to fight in this war that was going on oh uh, as you as you know, King K rule and the Kremlings, they're taking over the place. Okay. <laughs> Which, that that name, King K rule and the Kremlings, that sounds like a <laughs> Russian band that performs exclusively for children. 
<laughs> or or the animatronic band at Chuck E. Cheese that's like horrifying, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> instead of looking like how they were when they were originally made, it's it's them, but like 10 years later after the foam has started to deteriorate and then yeah. the fake fur is just falling off of it and you can see the animatronics, that's how they were day one. Yeah, dude, it's they're not they're not fun to look at, and mm-hmm. and 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 that's the landscape that they built out for this thing. Like it's it's hilarious that this guidebook, man. I mean, it is a fairly harrowing thing because you know when you first start off the game, okay, uh, you basically you're just your Donkey Kong. You jump out of your bed in the morning, you roll on out, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna do what I do every morning, and that's consume bananas, <laughs> right? What more the- would you want? What more would you want? Exactly. As, as an ape, you just want bananas. But the in the in the guidebook though, Donkey Kong makes Diddy watch the stash of bananas. And that dude, he gets a Texas-sized beatdown by King K. Rule and his cronies. And that's the story they don't tell you in the game, no. by the way. <laughs> yeah, no. Because you just kind of you just basically like just what I think you you just go downstairs into the stash and it's, it's just gone. Oh, he, he gets his dude. He gets his ass handed to him. If you re, if you read the, it's out there. It's on the internet. You can find it. It's it's <laughs> it's incredible. Like like Donkey Kong's a dick. <laughs> He's just a dick. Um, yeah. But so you mentioned Cranky, Cranky Kong, who is this old you know old Kong with a big old beard, Gandalf style, holding the cane. Yep. Well, Cranky is actually the original Donkey Kong. See, that's what I thought. I remembered that he was the original, is the, the original one, which made yeah. sense to me. Is which also is why you know why he's you know his dick. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like, yep, it's like, oh yeah, he's constantly berating you throughout the game and how he like he could do a better job. Uh, but it's like, you know what, how about you go? Why would you just go kidnap Pauline again? Yeah, right. Dick. Yeah, like you one trick pony. Go ahead, steal her again. Mm-hmm. Not impressed. Yep. Okay. And that way the Italian plumber can come and like you know, clean your clock or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the keys were in the door to the castle, bro. It's not considered stealing at that point, just like no. how it's not considered mm-hmm. hacking if you log into your friend's, you know, save passwords on their computer, okay? Yeah, not considered hacking. Yeah. You just, they yeah. left it open. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's mm-hmm. all you did, Cranky. You're not original. But <laughs> uh, aside from those, though, uh, when you're when you're traversing the Donkey Kong country, mm-hmm. you've actually got some companions along the way yeah. who are helping your old ass out, right? Mm-hmm. And And so that was something really cool about Donkey Kong country is that you're not just getting these established like you know donkey kong verse characters will show up in the next you know x amount of games um but you start off with rambi the rhinoceros right um you've got mm-hmm. uh, on guard the swordfish uh winky the frog espresso the ostrich yes espresso mm-hmm. yeah and then squawks the parrot aptly named so they're <laughs> yeah they're fun little homies that you have to collect you know uh you can collect like little bonus statues of them mm-hmm. to get to the you know the extra yeah, yeah bonus levels because you basically what just collect you collect like little icons of themselves. Well, you get three um to unlock the bonus level, and then the bonus level yeah. you just get a bunch of them. And I think it's like what you get a hundred of them, you get an extra life or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's it. You basically just could go get go collecting those little icons. And I mean, it, it was always a fun little bonus mm-hmm. game, honestly. Yeah. Kind of get mm-hmm. lost in it. I yeah, honestly, all the companions, not a big fan of Winky, which stinks because really? like I liked I like I liked the look of it. It was a fun character design with the big frog, but I feel like all he ever did was making mistimed jumps because his his standard like just walk was a bit of a leap. So yeah. like I tried to like time a run with it, 
and then it would never work right. And they'd either over jump or end up just kind of falling off. It's a good point. I mean, like the first level you actually get him in is like one of those like industrial factory levels. Mm -hmm. And so you have to jump from platform to platform. And if you're doing that with someone who's got legs for days, it's not always the easiest thing to time. So I agree with no. you on that. Yep. <laughs> but, but Rambi, yeah. I mean, pal, oh. he was reliable. You just plow through things. Oh yeah, dude. Love you just, Rambi. yep. You just point Rambi in a direction and mm -hmm. he'll, he'll tell you when he's ready to stop. Yeah. Because know? like you could just hold down the run button. He just puts his head down and he just horns anything in his way. Oh yeah. It's pretty dude. freaking great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, and he's like the first one you unlock too, which is yep. which is funny because he just wrecks everything in that level. But really, the whole like the the main focus of the gameplay of this game is is the power of two. You know, yeah. despite Donkey Kong, you know, putting putting poor little Diddy out there for a midnight shift. I mean, mm -hmm. basically setting him up to fail. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but really, it's it's a really cool tag team that you get to play. You know, because Donkey is the the blunt instrument. He's meant mm -hmm. to you know smash. And, and then you've got the cartwheeling Diddy who, you know, helps you get to like secret areas. And yeah, uh, I mean, he's, he's awesome. I, I usually always immediately went to Diddy when I would play. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he, he jumped better. Like I, I'll definitely take that. He, he was more neutral. He jumped better and he wasn't so lumbering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as much as I am a large semi-muscular man now, like I got respect for donkey hitting the gym. Okay. Yep. Like, and he's not skipping leg day either. So I, I, no. I respect that. Mm -mm. And but, now yeah. something just popped in my head with Diddy Kong being set up for failure by Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong's actually a huge ass. Maybe maybe these are just like the Mandelbaums when approaching a TV <laughs> that's bolted down to the stand. And the only reason he didn't tell Diddy that, you know, this big of a throw is coming is because he honestly thought he could do it. I mean, yeah, honestly, like, yeah, I, yeah. I trained him myself. I thought he could do it. I thought you had it, kid. Yeah, I imagine that you got Diddy, Donkey, and then Cranky just like doing escalating series of lifting exercises throughout the game. <laughs> yep, you have Cranky just like completely berating them before telling them to get ready to all come all aboard the pain train. Yeah, it's go time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, but but you know, I I really do think that uh, even though they they leave all the game like you know booklet mechanics out. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's it's really addicting gameplay with just those two characters because, like you mentioned, there's that balance of, you know, one dude who can be acrobatic and then the other guy who can fall on the ground hard enough to unlock hidden things. You know, yep. it's it's just a, a really cool thing, and th that's part of uh, Donkey Kong that I I think is really interesting is how this game is built on secret areas. Mm -hmm. You know, like everywhere you go in this game, we, we talked about Rambi and how he just runs into things. The very first time I played this game as a kid, you know, back in 94, 95, and this is the Mark that still had hair and dreams. You know, that version of Mark was like, let me just try and break through this wall, you know. <laughs> and most of the time in Donkey Kong, those walls would open. Yeah, <laughs> you know because they, they do keep track of your progress for finding secrets in this game if you remember mm -hmm. so that, that kind of led to me the completionist in me always trying to break what was you know <laughs> what the art of the possible what can i possibly break next right yeah. i don't know if you played it that way i mean i tried like i mean granted i, I kind of felt like it was the same thing just like when you when you watch old cartoons and you would see like this landscape and then there'd be that one rock that was much darker than the rest of the landscape <laughs> so the hero goes over and just like 
either lifts it up and tosses it or blows up and the villains come out. I treat it like that. Like I find, okay, that rock looks different. I can yeah. break that shit and I'm getting in there. Yeah. Like classic animation where it's like, yeah. Oh wow. I wonder why, I wonder what the character in this show is going to possibly interact with next. Oh, maybe it's that two-toned rock. That's going to be it. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's not how Donkey Kong was though. There, there was only a couple things um, in the game, like on like the platforms where you jump down mm -hmm. where they're like, clearly it's like, it's yeah. different looking than the rest of it. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times like secret hunting was, was what kind of distracted me throughout this game. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like you would see one of the extra life balloons high up on a tree when you're walking by it and you're like, oh shit, I can't get that now. I have to like mm -hmm. restart the level and redo it again. Yep. And so that's where like this game got, you know, really good high replay value because mm -hmm. it didn't help me advance at all, but I found myself going after the extra life balloons. <laughs> yeah. And, and suddenly <laughs> Funky's plane makes a lot more sense. <laughs> sure does. Go back and get extra lives. Without having to actually traverse the whole map back. It's I good mean, plane. It's job security. You know. <laughs> sure, he's he's getting some bananas under the table, which sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so you know what? In in rebooting this series, I think it was cool to kind of start you off in like that tropical, you know, this is this is where DK spends his time, this is where he lets mm -hmm. his hair down kind of environment. But like we've kind of talked about each one of these zones changes you know, fairly significantly throughout the mm -hmm. game. And, uh, and and that's what I always found the most, like, jarring because in, in others, like, side-scrollers, you know, like, it, to me, I didn't feel like the variety was ever this much. Because mm -hmm. in this game, you've got, like, blustery, wintry areas where, you know, you slip, but then you've got, like, we talked about these industrial, like, uh, machine factories and stuff. Yeah. Where, you know, mm -hmm. K. Rule is building shit and trying to you know, fuck your day up. Yep. And so it's it's just a completely different look. And very because like basically before this, you've got what every Mario game will have, like, you know, a grassy world, a desert world, a water world that everyone hates, and we're not sure why they keep <laughs> making their way into freaking video games, despite other than the fact they usually have a bomb soundtrack, but that's really it. But we're done with them. Then there'll be a sky world, <laughs> then a volcano yeah. world. So it's all like, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's the same stuff. But then again, it's the Mushroom Kingdom. Why well, it shouldn't change that much anyway. But yeah, now we're getting like very, very different things here. And it's refreshing along with, you know, the graphics. Um, and I'm going to wait for the music here in a little bit because that's something I would really love to touch on. But graphics, sound, music, everything was just very, very fun in this game. Well, for me, it was the weather and like visual challenges in the game mm -hmm. because there are certain levels where, you know, it's raining there are certain levels where you've actually got like fog or haze that mm -hmm. kind of envelop certain parts. And so, yes, you've got two characters that you could technically sacrifice one, just like Yoshi style where you're jumping off him <laughs> to, to, to make a late jump. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it, this game was a lot of learning. You know, you would, yeah. you would go through a level and you'd find out, damn, like I got to go all the way back and figure this one out. And so I actually enjoyed that challenge of the game mm -hmm. because you know me joe i prefer games that rely on more skill-based stuff than luck true not a whole lot of luck-based things in this game that really no. save your ass As a matter of fact i don't think there's a single thing in this game that relies on random number generation <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's all there it was planned it was coded and it was done well yeah, that's what people like 
and and that's what I think is really the one of the core functions of this game is is simplicity, right? You know, like um, you've got your standard run functions, and you only press a couple buttons, and you got forty levels to do it in. Yeah. So, but I will say this, Joe: the underwater levels in this game, I did not find like nearly as hard as other water levels in in like the Mario games or. I, I gasp because of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one underwater oh, level God. with the seaweed. Worst water level in existence. <laughs> Fuck that level, man. <laughs> uh, to quote a band I'm pretty sure is, is now defunct, the Super 8-Bit Brothers, we don't need another water level. We don't need another place to swim. We don't need another place that we've already been. We're done. But yeah, like this one also wasn't that bad because you get on guard. And he's fun. You just like you know skewer anything that gets in your way. Although he's, it's not quite as as safe as Rambi because Rambi has gravity to pull the villains down, so everything hits his nose. Whereas yeah. a guard, the shit could start to swim up on you, and then you miss it and it hits Donkey Kong instead. Yeah, and that sends on guard just you know off in a whirlwind, and he's ridiculously fast. Oh yeah, dude, just straight mm-hmm. up panic. And mm-hmm. but you're dead on though with that unguard. The swordfish that you can unlock is a, a once again a companion here. I mean, I felt like his nose had a very specific like radius that it could work within. Mm-hmm. And if you can screw that up just a little bit, yeah, he's gone. He, yeah, boom. He is. Mm-hmm. He is just. He is just running off. And but but at the same time, when I enter a water level in Donkey Kong. I'm not usually getting the anxiety that normally comes with it. So despite the challenges and despite how there are some skill-based things in this game, still pretty laid back, very Mm -hmm. chill. (laughs) So, um, but as you mentioned though, Mm -hmm. one of the things that is the most iconic about this game is the work of David Wise, who at the time was a composer for Rare. And I mean, this whole soundtrack is just one giant banger right it is and speaking of that what it's basically what there's so much percussion that this soundtrack just really relies on and it feels like the cornerstone of the music and it's so like flipping addictive to hear like you just can't help but have fun when the music comes on hell it even got like basically what nintendo 64 game that was solely about like donkey kong country style music where it even had like basically almost like pre-guitar hero style you got bongo drums to try and play on and beat yeah. like tunes with and because his music was just fantastic yeah well and that's that's one of the things that you know a lot of games i'm not sure when they make them if they if they have this in mind but a lot of the video games from this era have these starting you know title songs that don't leave your brain mm-hmm. You know, and 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 that includes even um, the original tunes from Donkey Kong, right? Yeah. Like they're they're using the original score from that. I say score, quote unquote, but it's you know digitized sounds. They use the original midis. <laughs> they <Yeah>. do. <laughs> they do. They use them effectively. And one of the the tracks for me is just like the loading screen, or mm-hmm. or just the uh, the map screen. You know, yeah. when you're when you're going from level to level, that music to me is is. I mean, I hear that and I'm transplanted. Back to 94, <laughs> trans, uh, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like I'm transported back to 94 every time mm-hmm. I hear it. Um, and so, yeah, dude, uh, I'm pretty sure that the soundtrack for this was called uh, DK Jams, which was 
G-A-M-Z. Of course it was. <laughs> this is also the area of, you know what, you want to sound cool? Slap a Z at the end. The kids will the kids will go crazy. They'll be drawn those weird S's all over whatever you, you sell them. They're going to love it. Frankly, I'm embarrassed that, you know, we all thought it was cool. Yeah. But <laughs> we fell for it. Yeah. But but seriously, though, like he he did an amazing job with this. And um, and I, I mean, I like I said, I, every time I hear it, I'm immediately thinking of this game. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's just, you could you could reuse this in any other DK you know iteration you created. Doesn't matter how many times I've heard the song going to be right here. Yep. So as far as like rounding out an experience goes, it's kind of rare. And I'm not saying this is a pun. You should. You always <laughs> intend that pun. Don't be a coward, Mark. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the music makes the game for me. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So, mm -hmm. And for those of you who have never played this game, uh, you should be able to still enjoy the music if you have a Switch. Um, one, you can just download like the, the, the SNES emulator and go from there. As long as you have like a, uh, a Nintendo like online membership, you can play you can play Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3. But if you also have, uh, I think, any of the Super Smash Brother games, if you play the Donkey Kong level, it's music from Donkey Kong Country. And it doesn't matter like what newer iteration of the game. I think it still uses the old Donkey Kong Country theme. That's badass. I didn't even know that. Oh, well, we've kind of alluded to this a couple times. But Donkey Kong Country, the original one, and, and to the, an extent even two and three, because there were there were three you know games on the on the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. But timing was easily the biggest thing to figure out with this game. And Joe, was there a specific timing problem that you had with Donkey Kong? Um, other than jumping, jumping was difficult. Uh, that was no good. And of course, there was the whole like sneakery to actually play the game. Um, or just convincing my sister, like, hey, let's play Donkey Kong Country. Uh, those were my biggest timing issues. Oh, I figured yeah. I figured you'd go to where a lot of people tend to, mm -hmm. which is the the levels that rely on the the track, the car, the whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. the the little cart that you have yeah. to navigate down the rail rail tra yeah. track, whatever I, it was. I love the rail track ones. Like I remember I do remember being better at them than I am now because admittedly I I did play this uh on my switch uh probably last week yeah. and i got to the minecraft episode I'm like fuck yeah i remember like really loving this uh really loving these levels and i had 15 lives going into that level and i think i came out with about four of them left and like i <laughs> am basically toby keith and i am not as good as i once was oh that's <laughs> that's a shame for so many reasons so many reasons <laughs> uh <laughs> so on the, on the last when you survived it though you, you said how do you like me now right like oh, that's yeah absolutely yeah. how could you not oh, god um, damn it i don't miss toby keith <laughs> jesus no. christ i hope no one does i mean yeah. whatever you know what the man made his money good for him but i'm over his music <laughs> yeah at this point it's just game respecting game whatever yep. mm -hmm. but the the minecart levels uh a lot of people I, I, every time i talk about donkey kong with someone they're always like man fuck that minecart level <laughs> And really, dude, like there's only one or two spots in that level. And this is the first one. If anyone goes back and plays this, yep. or if you just have played it so many times, you remember mm -hmm. like there's two spots in this level that could really screw you up. And the first one is where you like the the basically the rail is broken, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going straight down, and then you have to jump at a very specific time 
you know, and to me, that's not even the hard part. The hard part is if you've only got one Kong in your cart and you screw up the last spot where you have to quickly jump between mm-hmm. the rails. Yep. Other than that, though, it's it's just yeah. I think people haven't played it enough and that's mm-hmm. the issue. Oh, yeah. It's just, you know, it, basically, like you said, getting the timing down is the biggest thing. Understanding exactly how much of the de- delay there is between you hitting the button and the cart actually jumping and knowing that when you have a finite small amount of track and you've got the tipped over mine carts that are at the yeah. end of it, just knowing that you've got to like jump well before that, so you land early on the next track, so you still have time to actually jump over the next mine cart. Whereas if you yeah. wait to the last second to jump over the mine cart, you're going to land on the next mine cart. So yeah, if or you, you don't, you don't plan that out well. You're going to have a bad time. Either that, or you're going to be, you know, Kong sacrifice. So you're going to yep. lose at least one. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said again, there, you can make one mistake in that in that level. Yes, you know. Um, but after that, though, you know the 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 designs of these levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I don't find all of them that challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that ever really gives me anxiety is when you're in. Uh, it's supposed to be like the pseudo Egyptian level where you've got like the you actually kind of vertically explore mm-hmm. these levels as opposed to just linear stuff that you do in the you know in the in the rest of the game mm-hmm. and i have a separate question here where it's like hey who, who the hell built all this shit by yeah. the way <laughs> who had time for this <laughs> yeah it's like because the kremlings you, you know they built all the industrial stuff right yeah that's like there is like a proto civilization here that built all this shit we're not even mm-hmm. asking about this nope um but that, that's all right that's 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 tinfoil hat conspiracy theory stuff we're not going to dive into <laughs> um but like that's that's the only true level where I think I felt panic mm-hmm. in this game because there's that one section where you have that giant rolling pin and you have to outrun it and that's the one <laughs> where you don't get like a ton of uh, like there's no there's you, can't, you don't get bailed out with that mm-hmm. one. Um, but other than that though, like for me, this game is really just the epitome of chill. Outside of that, because mm-hmm. we've already talked about the the soundtrack being so relaxing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that that yeah, you can just kind of kick back and enjoy yourself. Exactly. It seems like more of our of the banana height of the banana heist that just happened is more of an inconvenience than any real issue. It's like, oh well, guess it's time to go get those bananas back, Diddy. Let's go oh, yeah. for a walk. And that's that's like I don't know the feel of the whole game. So when playing it, it's I feel like it's hard to actually get mad at this game, like. You can you can fail over and over again, but I've, you you just don't hit the I need to throw the controller moment because part of it is that the music just kind of keeps you you know calm and in the game. Well, and like we kind of mentioned, most of the time in this game, you're not dying because you've truly screwed up. Mm-hmm. It's because you've experienced something for the first time, and now you know what not to do the next yep. time. Mm-hmm. And 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 that kind of even plays into like the boss levels of this. Um, some people have even complained about this. When I've read about like retro reviews of this game, people bitch about how you just have to hit bosses like three to five times and that's it. Yeah, but that's like that's like the Nintendo formula for almost every boss. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, so Super Mario World can get away with that, but Donkey Kong Country can't. Yeah. Like, what's the what's the real complaint yeah. here? Super Mario 64 can get away with that, but Donkey Kong Country can't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I guess the only thing I'll say about that is that, okay, yeah, you hit the boss three times. Maybe it's not that big of a challenge to do it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 
I don't know. The first time you jump in there, you don't, you don't know. Your head's on a swivel, Mm-mm. you know. You're mm-hmm. all you're all turned around. I mean, you don't know if it's going to be a giant buzzard or if it's going to be Shia LaBeouf coming at you, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, you just got to keep your, you know, you got to keep your head on straight. And and so, I mean, the first time that I played these boss levels, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, oh fuck, that thing is like ten times bigger than anything else I've seen so far. But at the same time, like I, I've I've never seen that as a complaint. No, you know. I, I never read the guides or anything, so I always just went in there, you know, Lee Ray Jenkins style, and yeah, hopefully, gotta find a way to jump on that guy's head or throw something at him three times. It's <laughs> not bad. Go. It's a good gig. <laughs> I will say though, mm-hmm. when you fight King K. Roll at, at the end of this, and uh, I'm not going to say spoiler alert because, God damn it, if you haven't played this game yet, mm-hmm. I, where were you? Yeah, you know, were you were you just born that long after it came out? But either way. Um, the King K rule fight, I always cracked up at because, you know, you, you do the standard boss fight stuff. You're jumping mm-hmm. on things, you're throwing shit, you're dodging, you know, and then you hit him enough times so that the credits start rolling. Right. Mm-hmm. But plot twist, Joe, cause you've never played, you haven't beaten it. Right. I have never gotten that far. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I haven't gotten that far. This is like the, the epitome of like, you know, JRPGs, like you, you fight the first form, but there's a final form. And mm. and that's what I loved about this was that the first time we played it, I was like, all right, I survived the fight. And it's like, here are the, here are the credits, they're rolling. And I'm going, oh, shit, there's more. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't oh, skip no. any of this. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, it's and it's intense. It's probably the most intense part about this game. Like, the rest of it is, is total, like, chill mm. up to this point. And then you've got, once again, you've got the, the music that picks up. And suddenly shit's real. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, and I don't consider that ruining it for anybody. If anything, no. now, you know, it's there. Yep. Prepare for it. Yep. <laughs> Prep for it. Yeah. Take your Pepto before the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming. Oh man. But, but Joe, right. yeah, that's the in... game. That's the game in a nutshell. So I think yeah. it gets to the point in time where we actually review it. We actually give our two cents on, what we would rank this game. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And in the spirit of what we did for Assassin's Creed 3, for those of you who've listened to that episode, it's a couple back. Mm-hmm. We are going to go through and do the classic like game pro. Let's, you know, let's let's go in here and and start divvying out some some ratings. So Joe, when it comes to graphics, what would you give Donkey Kong Country out of five possible points here or five bananas? Yeah, I, I just go bananas too. I still yeah. go with bananas. Um, so I think in the spirit of things, because I don't think it's fair to judge it based off of modern graphics, because then it's like you have to give it one banana. Um, but for '94, I think it's pretty solid. I give this one, I give it four bananas, four bananas for its graphics on this one. You know, that, that's kind of where my mind is at, too. I'm not going to use modern graphics to judge a game that came out, you know, 20 years before a lot of other advancements did. Mm-hmm. And because of the things that we talked about, leveraging new technology to pretty much get more life out of a system that was almost thought dead, mm-hmm. I'm going to actually give it a 4.5. Ooh. I'm not going to give it a perfect score on graphics, but what I'm going to do is give it credit for powering what would end up being things like Killer Instinct, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. G- giving us you know uh, a path to something like a Super Mario RPG kind of style. 
yep. because they're the ones that did it. They broke it out. So yeah, we get absolutely. Killer Instinct, we get clay fighters, we get all sorts of fun shit off of this. Dude, it, it totally changed. Mm -hmm. the, I, I think it extended the life of the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Totally. So Definitely. All right, moving on then uh, to the next G, and that's gameplay. Boom. Yeah. So, Mark, as someone who's actually gotten through the whole game, where would you rank this one? <laughs> um, you know, I, for me, uh, on gameplay, I would say because of its simplicity and the fact that if you practiced enough, you could, mm -hmm. you could advance your game with it. Um, I'm going to give it like three and a half yeah. out of five mm -hmm. because that simplicity does kind of take away from what else could have happened here. You know, whether uh, maybe it was like adding a different type of move or something, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, I mean, cause really all you have to do in this game is either crack something with a barrel or jump on it. Yep. And you know, that's, that's really all you have to do. So um, because of that simplicity is executed well, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. say it's perfection. Yeah. How about you? Um, oh, wait, yeah. three and a half? I think it's a three and a half, right? Three, you and, three and, half. and a half, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't know, kind of same boat. Like it's it's pretty, you know, standard Nintendo gameplay. Like you said, you're you're going right most of the time, although you do have the option of going backwards if you so choose to the rest of the level. Uh, but yeah, you go right. And then you either jump on things, you throw something at it. Um, so it's that it's simple, it's easy. Uh, I've got this one. Go a little lower. I'm just gonna go for like a flat three. Three. Flat three on this one. <laughs> um, three bananas, and I think that's probably gonna be due to me still being mad at Winky, for who should be more adept at jumping, but mostly just gets me killed. I mean, you could either blame the operator, Joe. I mean, yeah, but probably, I don't know. It probably is my fault. But <laughs> I'm I'm blaming it on the damn frog. <laughs> All right. Well, how about we look at things like replay value, Joe? What do? You, how many bananas would you give this out of five? No, oh, this one I'm going. I'm going four because, like I just said, like I just played this thing last week. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> um, years down the line, looking at like the the massive library of like Super Nintendo games that are available on like the Switch that you can just play through the emulator. Yeah. Um, that's the one that I go back to quite a bit. Um. Is, is Donkey Kong Country because it's just fun to sit back and play it. Although I am thinking of doing a stream of Link to the Past at some point because that would be fun. Yeah, that ain't bad. Yep. You know, for me, okay, this is going to sound weird based off of everything else I've said. When it comes to replaying this game, uh, obviously I, I love the timing and the challenge like I've mentioned to you. But when I do come back to this, what I end up doing the most is almost playing what I could get through when I was at Sears when we would visit. Mm -hmm. And and that's to say I can usually get through like the first the first stage mm -hmm. uh and the first boss. Yep. And that's usually where I stop. Like I, I don't usually mm -hmm. play the whole thing again. I, I usually always just get through that first that whole first stage uh and the first boss. That's it. Yeah, that's fair. And and I don't know why that is. I clearly love the game. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I appreciate it for a lot of things, but I can never really go. I'm just going to replay the whole thing yeah. ever. So, well, like I said, it's a lot of time. It's 40 levels. That's a lot of time to invest in. It's a lot of time. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, I'm going to, I'm actually going to come down to three out of mm -hmm. five on this one because I think almost everybody 
from like the retro gaming community or whatever, or people who have played this game, they probably all know the first like five levels of this game. Oh yeah. Like everybody's, everybody knows the first five levels. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, that's usually where I get my fill to move on to something else. Yep. So that's why mm -hmm. I've chosen to, to dock it there. But yep. The first five levels are really the meaty part of the game. That other, Seriously. other 35, that's just fluff. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. It, it's just like adding extra words to meet the requirement <laughs> for the essay. Right. Yep. Exactly. Um, but, but seriously though, that's, that's, that's where I'm at with it. So, but turning to the last metric here, at least yes, is the music, which Joe, um, this is the first for us in our only two retro reviews we've done. Yes. This is getting a five out of five for me. Oh, five bananas. Well done, sir. Totally five bananas. Mm -hmm. It's iconic music. It's paced mm -hmm. extremely well, you know, for the levels that they're in. And there's really never a point where the music causes heart palpitations. <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and despite the fact there's plenty of action in this game, right? Yeah. But it's it's executed so well. Mm -hmm. And it's not like it's an orchestra, right? No. It's a guy in a synthesizer just playing his heart out. But dude, it's he is he's killing it. Oh, he is. Mm -hmm. Like all of the music from this game is iconic in one way or another. Never have I gotten tired of it. Mm -hmm. And and so yeah, I gotta give it a five out of five, man. Totally. What about you? Uh I well, I just said how much I do really love this music. I'm not gonna be as gentle with you. I'm gonna go four point five out of five bananas. <laughs> just for the same kind of the same reason you mentioned that they never it never really gets your heart pounding. I think if they had at least a few tracks that actually did that, I think that would sell you on at least like more gravity. Like you said, like the bosses actually aren't ever really that hard. Maybe this could be some music that thinks they're difficult. Um, would be pretty great here and there. Something that gets the people going, you know? I need something, I need, I need some humps in here. <laughs> really oh. get us moving. Something mind-bottling. Yeah, I guess. I mean, really for me, dude. This is probably the most iconic soundtrack out of a out of a video game. Uh, I would say that another rare game like uh, Goldeneye. I think Goldeneye yeah. has another one of those soundtracks. Oh, it's like God, yeah, really up there. But I would mm -hmm. say, based on on the technology that they had and what they could do, and compared to other games of this era, the Donkey Kong's getting that perfect score from me, dude. It just nice. is. Mm -hmm. So, what that brings us to, though, is. Our final rating here. What we're looking at, we've got a total of 31 and a half points out Ooh. of 40. So, you know, that, that gets us to about 79%, which oddly enough was right where we kind of were with Assassin's Creed 3. <laughs> yeah, we're just giving everything C's. We are a very end of the school year teachers, like fucking hell. Like, it's not great, but I'm ready for you to get out of here. Here's a C kid. <laughs> just, i mean it is a hearty c plus it right? is c's and... get degrees and really <laughs> you know what the, the 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 kids with c's they're more fun anyway they're not yeah. the the people who are so like tight-assed wanting to get the a all the time nah they're fun they're yeah, a good dude. time it's the meaty part of the curve right <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where you want to be so but oh man, you know what I what I really hope we've done here, and this is just like what we do with every property, is that what we wanted to do was give you enough to go back, take a look, and and see if you think either what we thought or if you hadn't discovered it yet. 
and I feel bad for you if you haven't. Yeah. Do yourself <laughs> but, a favor. You want to get out there and either find and dust off an old any a super NES and you get this game with it or you do the thing I did just if you have a Nintendo Switch you go to that eShop you get the uh, the SNES emulator and you go to town and until yeah. you do that until we meet again you just keep on dissecting everyone <laughs>